This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Ekman, who is home with his children since school has now been delayed until April 24th. So I'm sure Scott's probably got a couple of rugrats running around while he's trying to work, do the podcast, Chris Fetters, being Chris Fetters. And I got back from Las Vegas yesterday, which was interesting, but uh, this is really weird times with just almost everything getting canceled and the Vegas tournament is a little bit strange, but we could talk about that as well. But uh, how are you guys holding up during all this? Uh, well, for, from my standpoint, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, how much we're able to to do. But, uh, you know, we, we're, we'll get through and I'm a little annoyed about all this stuff, but we don't need to get into the whole argument of politics and stuff. It is what it is. And, and uh, we're just going to have to deal with it how it goes. Chris, your life doesn't change much. You just do what you do. Well, it, it changes a little bit in the sense of, you know, where you want to go and, and who you want to be with. And um, certainly events like, you know, I had tickets for opening day for the Mariners. That's not happening. Had a couple concerts that we were going to that have been canceled or postponed, rescheduled. So, you know, yeah, trust me. It, it, for a single guy, um, you know, and, and it's it doesn't affect things anywhere near as much as someone who has family members or has, um, you know, moms or dads that are older that could be, you know, potentially at risk. So, yeah, so, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I can self-quarantine and do all those things with relative ease. I, I can't imagine what it's like with families right now. Headed out to the airport on Tuesday out at SeaTac. It was a little bit slow out at the airport. Didn't take me any time to get through security. The casinos down in Vegas were rocking and rolling on Tuesday like nothing had ever happened. The uh, game itself uh, against Arizona, usually you have a huge Arizona contingent at that tournament. And all the Arizona games are pretty much sold out, but uh, the arena was maybe about 20% full until we found out well after the Washington game that uh, they were only going to allow fans in. And then later in the day, they announced that uh, the tournament had been canceled. And then again, the casinos rocking and rolling. We're good. But uh, the one interesting thing we uh, that I found out down in Vegas, you know, the first thing that they did was they canceled some uh, all of the buffets, so you couldn't have the buffet-type meals. And then the media meals uh, at uh, T-Mobile as well as in the lounge at McCarran Airport down in Las Vegas, instead of being able to serve your own food on those buffet-type or self-service meals or whatever you want to call them, uh, they all had servers on that with, um, barriers so you couldn't get next to the food so they had servers next to them so you may see uh, buffets being a thing of the past for a little while out there but leaving 
yesterday morning, there was definitely a different vibe in the casinos where it uh, wasn't anywhere near as busy as it was the previous day. Getting to the airport at McCarran was, uh, you know, people still playing the slot machines at the airport. And then getting back to SeaTac, it just seemed like everybody was trying to get out of Seattle yesterday. So interesting times there at SeaTac Airport uh, yesterday. And um, I was the previous week, I was down in Palm Springs for five days and then going down to Vegas for a couple of days. So uh, I'm traveled out and I'm just going to go ahead and self-quarantine myself for a few days and make sure everything is okay. But just as um, all the experts are saying, there's no really way to combat this thing. And the only things that you can really do, um, if you really want to take care of it, is get as much sleep as you can, eat as well as you can, and uh, you know, uh, just take care of yourself. Get a good workout in at home. Try to get your cardio up and get strong. Just be strong eat right and uh, sleep and uh, that's the best prevention that you can have so hopefully you guys are following that especially with you Scott you've got kids yeah yeah trust me the boys and I have been uh, out exercising quite a bit over the last um, you know it was one of my new year's resolutions just to exercise hell that's called chasing the kids hey it's fun it's it gets you work what what whatever way it happens it happens yeah, we're going to put Fetters out there and have him chase the kids, and I'll get video of you and Fetters chasing the kids. My money's still on the kids. <laughs> yeah. So well, You, for, you uh, forgot the most important thing, Kim, when you talk about taking care of yourself. Wash your hands. Yeah, you know, it was interesting at the Pac-12 tournament. They had the Prell all over the place. You can't get that stuff online in the hand sanitizers. But just it's not just washing your hands because running water over – your hands isn't what it takes. It takes the friction. You know, the friction is what gets everything off of the hands, and that's what it takes. But, you know, um, uh, metal surfaces are seem to be the big thing where the virus can live for a longer period of time. Um, you know, I've got allergies, and when I was uh, on the plane and in Vegas, I had that post-nasal drip, and I'd cough, and I'm not sick. <laughs> I'm not sick. It's just the post-nasal drip going down the back of my throat. I'm not sick, but... It's the coughing and sneezing that really seems to spread it in the airborne. So uh, not just, you know, rinsing your hands. You've got to get that friction on there and wash your hands and, uh, you know, take care of those out there that are working. I made sure to make it a point to everybody I saw to thank them for working through this. And uh, I uh, tipped heavily to everybody, you know, the Uber drivers, tipping them in cash and just taking care of everybody out there because I know there's a lot of people out there hurting. Yeah, I'm – I'm wondering what other tips were given out by you, um, you know, when you were down in Vegas, too. Did you tip the other people pretty well? Uh, I tipped everybody I could. You know, I, I I tipped fetters on bets. I forgot to go down to the betting line. The Mariners were 400 to 1 to win the World Series. But uh, I think it was the Tigers and the Orioles that were both 1,000 to 1. So it was kind of hard to believe that the Mariners weren't the longest shot to win the World Series this year. Wait, you didn't um, do that? No, I forgot. Unreal. Well, yeah. Um, then uh, also uh, Washington forty to one to win the national championship. Uh, Oregon, I believe, was twenty five to one. Usual suspects up there: Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama. You know, were uh, of course the favorites. But uh, those are some of the interesting betting odds. And you know, the the, the one that I always want to get is the over under on the amount of wins because whatever Oregon is, I want to take the under uh, under on the wins on that. So. Um, but, uh, I say I saved you some money anyways, Chris, but, uh, maybe we'll be going back to Vegas sometime soon, but, uh, yeah, everything canceled, you know, switching it into sports a little bit. Every, I mean, pretty much everything's been canceled, you know, where we thought that, you know, we had some, 
you know, golf would probably be the thing that would be most likely to be not canceled because you could have fans there and nobody in the gallery and players aren't in close contact. But the Masters was postponed, not canceled today. So we figured if golf was on TV, there would be nothing else to watch. Golf viewership would have been through the roof, but there's virtually no sports. Is there any sports going on right now, guys? Anything? No. Uh, well, I I saw somebody um, posting something about uh, the look on Vince McMahon's face now that all these other leagues have canceled and the World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE and, and XFL are still going. So I don't know if XFL still is, but XFL's I know WWE. The XFL's yeah. done. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I I mean, honestly, you know what could really would really be good is for football fan for football fans like me, I would love it if the NFL and and uh you know, the Pac-12 network, SEC network, all these different networks decided to play some of those old football games that we don't get to see very much of. I mean, it's time for these places to step up. You could really increase your um viewership if you guys throw out some stuff that people actually want to watch instead of replays of gymnastics so you know it it might be a good idea for the pac-12 to decide to actually do i don't know i don't know if hardcore basketball fans want to watch old basketball games you know i mean watching isaiah isaiah thomas hit that that uh end of the you know that 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 uh, what was it a three pointer or just a two pointer that he hit to win the two conference? Pointer. Yeah, the two pointer though that he hit. You know, back actually it was almost ten years ago. It was nine years ago that he did it. And um, I mean, games like that would be kind of fun to watch. But I would just think that if you want to really increase your viewership, start throwing out some of those those things instead of giving us all this bad news and tracking everything. And I'm, I'm not saying you can't give us updates on what the schools are doing, but man, throughout some of those old games, I guarantee you, you're going to have more people watching it because people are going to be watching. I mean, do you think Netflix, Hulu and Amazon prime and all those things aren't going to see their, their uh, numbers just completely shoot up the, the charts. My son's I mean, a tech. crazy. My son's a tech guy. And uh, the Xbox live numbers are through the roof. Yeah. I mean, this is the time. Networks, step up. Show I watched old games. I watched the Apple Cup in the snow. Watched half, you know first half of that last night, and then yeah. there's the Oregon seventy to twenty one. All those games are out on YouTube. And was it White? Who's the poster who's posting all the links to all the games out there on YouTube? Yeah, White, White seventeen something. I can't remember. He's one of our guys. He does it all the time. And yeah, let's get I'm, that on the top of the board for those who want to watch some games yeah. out there. But but. I mean, okay, so those are up on YouTube, and that's fine for people who want to watch. But some people, if you if you if the networks were smart, they would put it on their network, and and get that done because people want to watch the nineteen. Uh, was it the seventy nine Rose Bowl that uh, or seventy? It was seventy eight season seventy nine Rose Bowl, right? That the Huskies won the Rose Bowl with Warren Moon. Yep. Yeah. Show the 79 Rose Bowl. I, I have never seen that entire game, ever. Hey, I watched hey it with my dad. But. Hey, Chris, moving over to basketball, it was kind of interesting down at uh, Vegas um, seeing uh, center court opposite of where I was at. Uh, Detlef Schrempf, Chris Peterson, Lincoln Kennedy, and Jen Cohen all sitting next to each other. Coach Pete was there, which was kind of easy, kind of interesting. Um, and just one more thing. saw it on Twitter today. Robert Upshaw. Um, Robert lost his father, it looks like, last night. And uh, if anybody's ever been around Robert, um, and I mean, you've been around him enough, Chris. 
every time he talks to you, he's one of the sweetest, nicest, nicest, engaging, warm guys you've ever known. Uh, Robert has his issues, but uh, that's kind of a tough one for Robert. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, I haven't lost my folks, so I'm I'm pretty lucky that way. But yeah, I can't imagine what it would have been like. And um, certainly, my condolences go out to to Robert and his family. Introducing the Two Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Yeah, the game against Arizona, they hung in there. Um, you know, just the, you know, with uh, Isaiah Stewart, you know, just absolutely just dominating the offensive side of the uh, court for Washington. About halfway through the uh, second half, he'd only had three touches, and it was just glaring. They just desperately, desperately need an adequate point guard. There were some rumors that we might see Quad A Green. That didn't happen, but, uh, you know, tough loss to Arizona. The season's over, so it'll be interesting to see what, indeed, the two freshmen wind up doing. I think Jaden McDaniels is 98% gone, I'd say, Isaiah Stewart maybe seventy five percent gone. Would you agree with that? I, I, you know, it's hard. The percentages are just. I think you could just throw them up in the air because I mean, both of those guys ended up at Washington for a little different reasons. And 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 if any if anybody could kind of make an out of the box decision, you'd think it would be Isaiah Stewart because he came to Washington because of of Coach Hop and and kind of carving his own path instead of following the conventional wisdom, which had him going to Kentucky or Duke or one of the one of the real powerhouses. Jaden, it's so hard to read what's in his mind because he just doesn't say anything. And, you know, he didn't say anything when he was getting recruited to Washington. And it was it, it took forever for him to even make the decision and then he didn't go public with it because he didn't want to tell Kentucky no. So it's it's just it's so hard to read his mind, but you would just have to believe that the situation is such that he's he's got to go pro at this point. I mean, he's just he's showing too much upside, and it's really unfortunate as far as Washington's concerned, selfishly, because they, he's really starting to show all the things that kind of made him one of the top prospects nationally, right? I mean, he, he's showing starting to show the, the, the consistency. And, yeah, he didn't have a great game against Arizona, but when they played in the desert, he was the Pac-12 player of the week, and we all saw it. I mean, he can do it on both sides of the floor, and when he gets hot, he's uh, he's unguardable. So it, that, that's difficult. But, yeah, with Isaiah Stewart, as much as you'd think he could make another out-of-the-box decision, his his upside for the NBA, Kim, and, I, and we can agree or disagree, I don't know, but... I, it just feels like it's a lot more limited because he's just not a really big, big. Yeah, he looks big. He's a stout kid. He's strong, but he's still only six nine, and he's going to have to really uh, battle inside with some really big kids. And so, I, I just think that you know, with him having kind of a limited ceiling as far as being an NBA player, now he could come back and be an, an All American yeah. in college in a heartbeat. I mean, that that's like a given. But for him to, to cash in and, and get the money while he can, being maybe a role player in the NBA, 
you'd think Hopkins, at least if you take your cues from the head coach in terms of where you think he, the decision he would make is that Stewart's been gone for weeks. So I, I, I just, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but trust me, it, it, would it surprise me if both stayed? Absolutely. But it wouldn't be the shock of all shocks. I, th- I think, comes- uh, you know, like I said, I, they're, they're clearly going to do their due diligence and, and talk to the right people. But I think at the end of the day, they're both gone. Yeah. When it comes to Isaiah Stewart, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to have a 12 to 15 year career in the NBA. I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but I think he's going to be a very, very, very good player. And, you know, one of my um, favorite players, you know, a couple of my favorite players, you know, when they were with uh, the Sonics were, you know, John Johnson and Derek McKee, because neither one of them were superstars, but they were the glue of the team that held it together. Um, And I think Isaiah Stewart's going to be one of those steady influences on a franchise. that's always going to be there. You always know what you're going to get. I think he will absolutely blow general managers away in the interview process. They will just be blown away because he's that kind of a kid. One of the most humble, uh, nicest kids you ever want to meet. When I first talked to him, he told me that uh, when he got here to the University of Washington, that when it came to the school part of coming to the University of Washington, he would give his professors everything he had, just like he would the basketball coach. And he proved it with a 3.75 GPA his first quarter here at school. That's just the kind of kid he is. And, you know, he, nobody thought he was going to Washington. You know, he came here to blaze his own path and to do something a little different. Could I see him doing things a little bit different? Yeah. Um, and those I've talked to, just by the way, you know, what more can Washington do? And I don't know how this works. And don't don't ask, because I don't know how it works, because I know they've done it for some football players that have come back. And um, it sounds like they did it for Isaiah Stewart. I don't know if it was done um, for Jaden, and I'm not sure who pays for it, but I'm getting the inkling the school is paying for it. But it sounds like Isaiah Stewart had an insurance policy for playing this year. So, um, And sometimes that can be an inducement to get a kid to come back. Uh, um, so, uh, you know, I guess that could be in place again if he did get hurt because I don't see his stock dropping. But um, just something to consider. And just real quick with Jaden McDaniels, I like Jaden. I think he's a good kid. Um, he's the equivalent to back in the day when I saw a kid and we'd interview him and he'd just be a really bright, articulate young man. And then he'd walk away in his backpack and he'd have the paddle with the ball on it and he'd walk away and he'd be hitting it in the air because at the end of the day, he was still a kid. Jaden McDaniels is mature in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, he's still a kid. I feel bad for him in some ways because I see a lot of people around him. I see a lot of people that are in his ear um, and the pressure for a kid who's mature in some ways and immature in other ways. I can't even imagine. I was under the basket uh, for a game this year and there was a guy right behind me screaming the entire second half. And I mean, screaming the entire second half didn't let up. It's your time to shine, Jaden. Superstars make superstar plays. Your turn to eat. Take the ball to the hole. Got to get yours. The entire game, screaming that. And everybody could hear it. And those are the kind of pressures that you have on a 19-year-old. And you saw Jaden sometimes take that attitude and take stupid shots. Like, I've got to get his. You know, who's he trying to please? Teammates, himself. Uh, or the other people in his ear. And I kind of felt bad for him in a way. And, you know, I just know some of the posters say, well, he's an adult. In some ways he is. But, man, I, 
I, as a 19 year old, not knowing what the adults do and having those kind of people in your ear with all that talent and just not having the maturity to handle it. I felt bad for him in a lot of ways. I don't know if you saw any of that, Chris. Well, what I was going to say is, is that it's, it's one thing to judge the actions as they're happening. And and we all do that. But I think it's another thing that you can't really put yourself in his shoes because how often have we been literally in the public eye and had to watch someone grow right in front of us and learn those kind of lessons? That almost never happens. It only happens with really high-profile kids that are kind of having to go through some tough situations and, and learn those tough lessons. And so, yeah, we can judge it, but on the other hand, how many of us have actually been through it and understand it? I'd say very, very, very few. So on the one hand, I'm, I'm sympathetic to what Jaden had to go through because we're literally having to watch him go through some of these painful moments and they're, they're teachable moments for sure. And, and I think honestly, what happened in the desert was a positive reflection of, of maybe all the hardship that he's had to go through and learning those tough lessons. And now all of a sudden we're starting to see it bear fruit, which I know as a Washington fan would be probably incredibly frustrating knowing that he's just starting to turn the corner and now he goes pro. So uh, that'll be a very interesting thing to watch. One thing I would add about what you were talking about with Isaiah Stewart, and I think you're absolutely correct in terms of him probably being like a, a, a veteran glue guy, a high, a high character guy in the NBA. I think everything you build your franchise that. around guys like that. I, I think, you know, when you think about it, they didn't have the same college trajectory but compare his his potential career to someone like a Justin Holiday. That, that to me, that's kind of what I see: a guy that comes in, plays fifteen to twenty minutes a game, does what he does. You know, it impacts the game as much defensively as offensively. It, you know, he's going to give one hundred percent once he's on the court. Just stuff like that. My favorite line out of Isaiah Stewart: "Unless my lungs are burning, I don't feel alive." <laughs> he's. Yeah. Uh, He's a different cat. He's definitely a different cat. And um, just uh, he, Scott, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Coach Hops. I mean, I asked him, you know, just what it was like to think of that this could be the last game that he ever got to coach Isaiah, and because I know the two are real tight, he got pretty emotional during that, Chris. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the Pac-12 Networks put a put a clip on Twitter about it. We know Hops, a, a guy that wears his his emotions on his sleeves we've seen him get emotional about some of this stuff before and we saw him get emotional when they broke the losing streak and um and these things hit close to home to him and he he understands the gravity of the moment he's been around it a lot he was he was around it a lot obviously at Syracuse and he's trying to in, infuse that culture here at Washington and you know for the first couple of years it looked like it was on the right track and then this year was a huge stumbling block for whatever reason and and I'm sure we might go through it at a later pod at some point, but um, just a lot of difficult moments for them and a lot of tough situations. But overall, I'm, I, I think it, as, as poorly as they did on the floor this year, I still think that there are always culture steps behind the scenes that are being made, and you have to hope that over the course of time, that stuff's going to take hold and the culture is going to hopefully uh, override everything. And then that's when you see genuine progress made. But 
you know, for those Washington fans that are sitting there going, yeah, he did it the last couple of years with, with Coach Romar's kids, and now the first year with kind of his own group, you know, he stumbled. It's a, it's a fair argument. I mean, it's it's certainly something where people should be looking at this next year coming up and going, okay, where's been the recruiting? If he can get a guy like Isaiah Stewart back or a Jaden McDaniels back, clearly that answers a lot of questions on that score. But um, there's certainly some things that people are going to be looking for and wonder where the actual imprint for Coach Hopkins is going to kick in and that culture piece is going to kick in to the point where now you see some consistency uh, not only on the floor but off the floor too. And for those who say that, uh, you know, Coach Hopkins only won, you know, with Coach Romar's recruits, just remember those are the recruits when they were freshmen and sophomores that got Coach Romar fired when they were freshmen and sophomores. So, uh, you know, but uh, just real quick, you know, uh, when you take a look at Hop, um, guys, it, he's close to all of his players, but I think he has special connections with guys, certain guys like uh, Jalen Noel, who, you know, commit, recommitted to University of Washington and kind of saved that first year. And guys that have taken an unusual and probably unneeded, unnecessary amount of criticism. David Crisp was forced into a situation that uh, to play a position that wasn't his natural position and it was beat up pretty good. And he's real tight with David Crisp, uh, Sam Timmons, you know, and I thought Sam had a good couple of years. But boy, early on, I mean, people were just bashing the hell out of that guy. So he's, um, you know, emotional with a guy like that and really tight. Isaiah Stewart could have gone anywhere in the country, but showed that loyalty. So, um, you know, he's kind of uh, partial to those kind of guys. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think that they're going to take a point guard. I don't think they're going to take any recruits in this year. They swung for the fences, um, you know, and what people don't understand. And I'll just get into it a little bit before we move on to football, Chris. Hop has always been a seven to eight man rotation guy. He believes you'll get more out of a guy playing one guy, you know, 15 to 20 minutes than you will by splitting those minutes. You'll get more production out of a guy that plays 20 minutes rather than two individual guys who play 10 apiece. He's always been a believer of that. And that's why you didn't see him go to the bench um, uh, quite often, especially early in the year, because they didn't have Quade or Jaden over in Italy. They didn't have them over there. They needed that chemistry during the game time. And if you take a look at the beginning of the year, they were still to figure a lot of stuff out. And a lot of those games, there weren't many blowouts where he could go deep into the bench. Those were competitive games where he needed to keep those guys in the game. When they lost squad A, everything just seemed to change. Um, Raekwon Battle can shoot the ball, but gets absolutely lost on shooters quite often, makes really poor decisions uh, on getting the ball into Isaiah, had a lot of turnovers. Marcus Sahonis was intent to redshirt this year, and uh, all of a sudden, okay, he's playing. Um, Nate Roberts came in and showed glimpses of the future. Brian Penn Johnson showed glimpses of the future. So I think the future is bright, and uh, next year's recruiting class is going to be huge, led by Paulo Banchero uh, out of O'Day, one of the top bigs in the country. Uh, his mom is Rhonda Smith. His uh, dad uh, played on the Wa- uh, Washington National Championship. Rhonda Smith was the all-time leading scorer for women's basketball at Washington before surpassed by Kelsey Plum. She's also really tight with Jen Clo- Cohen. And, uh, you know, uh, it's funny because you see Mike Hopkins, um, every time he walks by Jen, he's yelling, are you going to get us, Paulo? Are you going to get us, Paulo? You know, so it's kind of funny. But you've also um, got uh, Shane Noel, uh, Jalen Noel's brother up at Eastside Catholic. And um, 
uh, what's his name, Hickman, uh, what's his first name, the other kid at Eastside Catholic, and uh, as well as the kid who's already committed down uh, in Olympia. So recruiting for next year will be key. So um, onwards and upwards with the basketball program, and Scott probably went and made himself a sandwich. Are you still there, Scott? Actually, I read War and Peace. So we're good. <laughs> uh, let's get into some football recruiting. Um, some interesting things going on there. Things are starting to heat up, but uh, coach is not on the road. Uh, you know, it, it's just an interesting time. Maybe just give us an overall picture. Just, just, just rant. Tell us what's going okay. on. Okay. Well, as as everyone saw in the story I published on Friday morning, um, you know, hopefully you saw it. And if you haven't, go go to the front page. It's probably up there somewhere. But um, basically, uh, you know, there's there was a report out by Oregon Live that said that sources had told them and confirmed to them that uh, the Pac-12 was going to cancel all unofficial and official visits that um, for the time being, with no end in sight to to. Kirk take you know pulling that back and then allowing them, so that means that they could uh, technically not have any visitors all the way up until the start of football season. And we don't. I mean, we're assuming that this thing is going to be done in time for football season, but who knows? You know, I mean, um, you know, who who knows where this thing is going to go? So um, that's where the report came from. Well, then I checked with sources at four different schools, one being the University of Washington and a couple other schools. And they said they saw the report, but they hadn't heard anything from the league office at this point um, that said that they couldn't have official, you know, visitors in on campus or um, go or uh, official visitors on campus. This also does not include the coaches going out for visits to kids at their campuses when May rolls around. So I think just a lot of it's still up in the air. At this point, if it if Washington is not able to bring in official or unofficial visitors until this thing is let up, if, if that's what they decide to do, then that will impact Washington a little bit because they were planning on having a big event for the spring game, which we don't even know if spring ball is even going to take place, much less have a spring game where they could have a big, raucous event that, that recruits could be at. So um, I think a lot of it's really up in the air, and it's kind of sad because they had a lot of kids lined up to come up in the in the month of April and see the campus and watch watch a practice. And they were going to have – they were hoping to have 20 to 30 of their top targets on campus for – the spring game and they're not going to do that now or most likely won't be able to do that now so we'll kind of wait and see but that's kind of the overview of what uh what where things stand on the recruiting front any individual updates on kids scott uh just to, i mean i i don't have a ton they're, they've sent out a few uh new offers one guy i'm waiting to talk to um hopefully here very soon is quentin moore the tight end out of inglemore who uh wasn't able to get it done academically, so he went out to a junior, junior college out in uh, Kansas. Hey, Scott, uh, the, before you move on from him, what do you know about him? I'm, I'm um, not offers, moving on from him, though. Okay, I'm not moving offers, on so, so, Well, hold on. So he went out to Independence uh, Junior College or Community College out there, and he's been there the past two years. Now, coming out of high school, he really didn't have many offers. I think he had, like, Oregon State and maybe a few other schools looking at him. But at this, but because his grades were so bad, they weren't 
I, I don't want to say bad. It, it's just maybe he didn't have some credits or whatever it was. They just they weren't where they needed to be. So a lot of schools just never really recruited him. But he's 6'5", 240 pounds. He can run. He's athletic. They actually split him out a few times and ran hitch routes with him over at Inglemore. He's a mismatch for a lot of guys. He can go up and get the ball. He's got soft hands. The problem with the the biggest thing besides his off field stuff with his with his academics was he wasn't the he wasn't you know a guy with a great motor. He didn't go hard all the time, and he had to really be coached up on that. But from everything I've heard, uh, he's improved in the classroom and on the football field. Like the effort is there in both, and he's getting it done. And I think that's one of the reasons Washington decided to offer. Yeah, I thought I saw some. Uh, he had some bigger offers, possibly in Nebraska, Tennessee. Am I mistaken on that? Are you talking about now or back then? Back then. Okay, that might be true. I didn't look at look it all up. I know he had a few schools that were after him, but none of those those offers were committable toward the end. What did you see? Do you remember him much in high school at all? Yeah, Do you remember yeah. seeing him. Mm-hmm. Tell me, yeah, tell me what you said. Well, I mean, I I kind of went through it. I mean, soft hands. He can run. He's athletic. He, he could go up and get the ball. Um, he could do a lot of different things, but his motor wasn't the greatest. And so there were times when he was taken out at very important times for Inglemore. And um, I saw three games of theirs uh, his junior year, I think. I think it was his junior year. and um, Or no, his, his junior and senior year combined. Um, I saw three games of his. And he just didn't go hard all the time. But everything I've heard is that he's done really well academically once he got out to uh, Kansas. And he's also um, done really well in the classroom as well as as well as on the football field. With some of the local kids like Emeka Buka and uh, JT Tumalau, Jr. Alexander, limiting uh, visits outside. I mean, just limiting the visits. Do you think that helps Washington at all? Well, that's only if all the other schools do that. Yeah. Because well, guys, Ohio just States. I was going to say just to let you guys know in the, in the interim while we've been talking, um, outlets like CBS and Stadium have uh, sources that are saying the NCAA is suspending all recruiting in all sports until April fifteenth. So it doesn't matter if guys are local or not; they can't even go on campuses okay. now. I well, mean, there, it's, there it's, you go. It, it's what's the, to quote uh, the guy in Animal House that the, the war is over. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> they dropped the big one. You know, it's it's yeah. yeah that's nothing's going to happen. And you know, to go back, Scott, to your original comment about spring football, whether or not it's going to happen, even if it does happen, they they can't even have recruiting on campus for half of it at least. So yeah. it, it's this is a this is a big moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to stir the pot a little bit. Uh, you know, Scott, if that's okay, you mind if I stir the pot a little bit? That's fine. Isn't that kind of your job with this whole thing? No, pushing buttons is what I yeah. call it. Okay, but, whatever. But but why did you put a, a crystal ball prediction in for Troy Franklin, the wide receiver out of Menlo Park, after the Oregon publisher put his in for Oregon? No, I put it in before. I was the other way around. <laughs> yeah, I put it in before Kevin put his in. And look, I'm pushing buttons. Come on I'm now. Not, Let me stir it I'm up not, a little bit. I'm not saying that Kevin can't be right. All I'm saying is, um, all my info is that Washington is 
is in a very good spot for him. And look, how many I've only done 18 predictions on the crystal ball ever in my life. And I've been right on 15 of those, I believe. And, you know, I'm not always right. I only put in one crystal ball typically for a kid, even if I do it and I, I ended up being wrong, even if I got the info like right before that he was going to commit to another school. And I, I, I never go in and change it because I believe you really should only be doing one crystal ball. I feel very confident that Washington's in a good spot for him. Now, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon. And I, I honestly thought it was going to end in April because he was supposed to come up for the spring game and be on campus. And I thought that's when we could see something happen with him at the, at the spring game. But now that that probably won't happen, um, you know, who knows, but that's why I put it in. It's because I thought that I think Washington's going to end up getting him when it's all said and done. He spent one day at Oregon and he was up there for a uh, passing tournament, a seven on seven tournament. Uh, I think it was in Portland and he was at Oregon for one day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did he do after he went to Oregon? Uh, he hung out with Sam Heward all day. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Catching passes and, from Sam Heward. Yeah. Catch him, and, he, and he spent an entire weekend at the University of Washington last summer. Yeah. And, he's, and, and he'll probably do that again this summer when he comes up uh, to hang out for uh, camp as well. So I feel pretty good about where Washington stands. I know I, I've got no problem with Kevin. Kevin and I have a good relationship. So this isn't anything of a back and forth. It might be a little gamesmanship on his standpoint. It wasn't from my standpoint at all. I just think that that's where he's going to end up is the University of Washington. And in Kevin's defense, Scott, and you've been really resistant. The network wants us to do more crystal balls. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they're on you to do more, but I know that well, they encourage I don't work for I don't work for two four seven. That's the difference. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, Kevin works directly for two four seven, and um, you know they need to do their their stuff for, for their stuff, and I need to do it for mine. And I'm I'm going to stay true to myself. And, and just, I'm not I'm not just doing stuff so people can get clicks or or content or make people. No, I'm not doing it for that. I did it because I really, truly believe Washington will end up with Troy, Troy uh, Franklin. And just real quick to kind of explain what you meant that Kevin works for 24 uh, seven. There are sites out there that are owned by the network and the sites that are owned by the network have employees that are on um, they're on salary and they have quotas and they have goals uh, that they have to meet. And um their paycheck employees. Uh, Scott doesn't work for the network. Scott works for dogman.com and we have a revenue sharing agreement uh, with 24 seven sports. Um, we're our own company and uh, we're all on the payroll of dogman.com and we're on a revenue sharing agreement. So um, there's some sites out there that um, have, um, there's a lot of sites out there that are cell-phoned, like us, UCLA, USC, and then there's other sites that are owned by the network. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But uh, would you rather work for me or the or the network, Scott? Depends on the time of day. But <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I, I, I've had plenty of opportunities to go to other other places to work. And I've stayed at Dogman because I, I like what you and Chris do. You guys... And sometimes we're a dysfunctional family, but we're a family and I, I enjoy this and I enjoy working with both of you guys. And, and I think, uh, dog man, well, and, and we're the leader in the market. There's no even challenger to us, um, as far as being the leader in the market. Whereas some of these other sites that might, 
be really good sites, they have a lot of competition. We don't have any competition. And yeah. that's yeah. that's really, really big. That was such a yeah. trick. That was such a trick question, Kim. Come on now. <laughs> well, you could go back to the record store. Would you rather be at the record store or doing what we do? I don't know. I might own that record store by now. We'll see. I don't know. I don't just, know how I can. I don't know how much how much history I get to revise. Hey, and just real quick, um, you know, many of you saw that we signed a three year contract extension with CBS Sports. It was kind of funny. I was actually on the golf course down in uh, Palm Springs, and I get a text message from Shannon Terry, the head of CBS Sports. He said, "Give me a shout when you get a chance. Um, uh, we need to talk." And I called him and. Uh, you know, the thing with Shannon, you know, the difference in dealing with Shannon and Heckman's people. I mean, our contract was up in November, you know, this coming November. And you deal with, you know, the old ways that we used to do things. It would take six months to get it done. Talk to Shannon, Terry, your contract's up. We've got some a special time frame to get some stuff done. Uh, we can get this done. And uh, here's what we want to do for you guys. Uh does it, you guys just there's nobody else in the market that we would even consider looking at you guys are the only ones you guys do a great job you're low maintenance you guys struggled with football and basketball teams this year but you hung on you didn't lose audience you didn't lose subscriptions we, a lot of teams in your place would do that you guys are low maintenance and uh, here's what we want to do i said okay that sounds good what's the catch he goes there is no catch i go shannon what's the catch he goes there isn't one i'll send it over it was just a real simple agreement and it was what he said and it took about two minutes of negotiation to get a deal done with Shannon Terry. So uh, we're with the network for another three years. And Scott and Chris, you're employed for another three years, guaranteed. Well, no wonder, no wonder he wants to, you know, he wanted to work with you. I mean, you gave him an immediate upgrade. You called him the head of CBS. Well, you 24-7 You played his ego to no end. Clearly he nah, wants to deal with you. Nah, Shannon's Shannon's just a real cut dry guy. I appreciate that. He doesn't he doesn't waste time. He's just real quick and quick and to the point. So um, it's going to be challenging the next uh, couple months with uh, you know no sports, but uh, we'll keep the site rocking and rolling. There's always stuff going on. There is always stuff going on. So we'll keep the site rocking and rolling. So anything about football we need to talk about, Chris? Before we wind this up, uh, sure. How about spring football? Yeah, it doesn't look like there's going to be, but we'll continue with our previews. Well, it, it, it's it, it is an interesting situation because Washington continues to update what they're doing in their response to the coronavirus, the COVID-19. And, um, you know, right now they've postponed basically any events all the way through the end of March. Well, there's a pretty important event on March 31st, which is Washington's Pro Day. Well, Oregon just had their Pro Day yesterday, Thursday. And so... If Washington can't have their pro day, that puts them at a disadvantage. We can talk about how the Southern schools in the Pac-12, like the Arizona schools, the L.A. schools, they're going through their spring football right now. Others would be about to start here pretty soon. And then Washington doesn't start. I, I would. I don't know if Oregon, Oregon State are in the same boat. Washington State, I would think. But historically, they would all start around the same time. And so... Um, you're starting to see with the way that these things have unfolded in the timeline, it's kind of an unfortunate situation that the Northern schools aren't going to be able to have the same benefits in a number of ways that the Southern schools were able to, to get. You look at a guy, Scott, we talk about recruiting. You talk about a guy like JD coffee, for instance, a real high level recruit uh, for 2021 out of Texas. 
he might be the last kind of high-profile guy that got a chance to visit from out of the area before all this stuff really, really hit. So, yeah, this is going to affect Washington in a number of ways as far as football is concerned, but this is one of those things where you kind of almost have to take the fan hat on and put your good neighbor hat on and say, you know what, this is a situation where um, football and sports in general kind of takes a back burner and you have to really kind of take care of your neighbors and take care of your friends and family first and then kind of get back to sports once all this stuff dies down. Yeah, I think they're going to change the calendar on a lot of things, but we can speculate until tomorrow. But I would anticipate the uh, early signing period uh, date being changed and the visits being changed. I think there's going to be a lot of change. And with all the sports have been canceled, you know, Washington softball team, you know, is one of the top in the country. And we'll see if that's able to continue Oregon's women's basketball team. They had a great chance to win a national championship, but uh now we don't have to listen to that anymore because the women's basketball schedule has been canceled. That's not going to happen. But uh, well, it's a, a good lot point. of talk. But Kim, it's a good point you bring up because one of the things that's really going to have to be considered here is that the people that are involved in spring sports, because now the NCAA has canceled all spring sports. So yeah. those playing softball, those playing golf, those playing tennis, um, you know, all of those people. You know, you got you got uh, track and field. You've got all these people involved in this situation. Where does their eligibility go? Well, if you they, can't. I mean, if, if you extend their eligibility, then what do you do to the kids coming out of high school? Well, right. But that's it, it's <laughs> going to be a real interesting domino effect because you're already starting to see on social networking some of the softball players from Washington, for instance. They're like, you know, I'll, I'll be goddamned if that's, this, is, this is how it ends for me. This is not how it's going to end for me. And so yeah, there's a big play too many games. To, they've played too many games to redshirt. So. Yeah, but they're but they but they've but they're trying to push because of of what's going on to basically just wash this season out already and and bring and ju- and just bring everything back like it never happened. I, I don't then, know. If, I don't know if they but, can do that. I don't know if that's possible. But then what happens to the seniors in high school? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe they yeah. make a one time exception. As far as scholarship limits and what have you, I mean there there are certainly things the NCAA can do to mitigate this stuff. There's no doubt about it. It's just whether or not they want to do this. Um, well, it's gonna it'll be interesting. You know, I've I've got to you know call into Jen Cohen and hopefully talk to Jen. But I, you know, I don't know how this impacts financially. Not you know the money from the Pac-12 tournament, the money from the NCAA tournament. If that's an impact, I know they're going to save money on the spring sports with. You know, the women's softball team was on the road for almost a month. And, you know, the these Olympic sports lose a ton of money, you know, during, uh, you know, with the travel and stuff. So I don't know if any of that offsets anything. They they actually lose money, you know, with the softball team going to the World Series. It's an expense. They don't really receive a lot of money for that. So it'll be interesting to see the financial impact that it has on uh, the schools as well. Well, and you're right. It's, it's a great point because, again, all these things aren't happening but how much of these finances were already sunk costs into these budgets? How many of these things were already kind of baked in, like the travel arrangements? How much, how much can they get back? You know, for instance, I mean, I had travel planned after spring ball like I always do. I'm going abroad or I'm doing things. How much of that can I get back if for some reason now all of a sudden we're, we're quarantined and we can't travel? You know, I, you know, you look at Duke and you look at Kansas, for instance, and how they just said, "Look, we're we're not traveling," and and you you kind of saw how that got the ball rolling in terms of how the NCAA eventually canceled everything, including March Madness. 
but it makes sense. I mean, how much of this stuff has already been done and allocated and budgeted for that they can get back? I th- I, there's a lot of interesting things in play here in terms of, of just how the finances are going to are gonna shake out. Between now and uh, what happens with spring football, we're going to ramp up the podcast. We'll try to get these out more regularly. So uh, we'll talk about a lot of different stuff between you know now and spring football if it happens. But uh, we're definitely going to ramp up the podcast. We'll get those out a lot more frequently. Scott, sitting on the sidelines over there, anything else you need to add? Not a lot. You know, I'll still have a lot of recruiting stuff. And, and trust me, just because the coaches can't go out and just because, well, at least we think, and just because uh, um, players can't come and visit doesn't mean recruiting isn't going on. So there will still be a lot to talk about. Scott, we'll do a recruiting podcast past, uh, shortly. And then, um, you know, over the next week or so, we'll start doing podcasts and breaking down each position on the football team. Um We'll do a lot. There's a lot to be done yet. So even though there's not a lot going on, we'll, we will keep you guys updated and entertained. So, Well, I mean, uh, one I- thing we can hopefully – let's hope Washington, even if they don't – if let's say they have some spring practices, but they really limit you know, availability and stuff like that. Even best case, let's say they have spring football, but we can't attend. Maybe we can do something remotely with players and coaches. I mean – there are some things we can do. I mean, my my fear is, and and my expectation is, because of the health scare, they're going to just cancel it altogether. But could they postpone it? Yeah, it's possible. But again, you're looking at the SEC, for instance, right now, Kim. I mean, Alabama's spring football is supposed to start today. That ain't happening. The, the same things that are happening in the other conferences are happening here in the Pac-12. So I, I've got to think that it's going to get canceled eventually. But if it doesn't, the hope is is that if we can't be involved, we can still do some things remotely to try to get the 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 the, the words out and the and the thoughts of the coaches and players to the people because that's what we need to be doing. Anything else to add, Scott? Nope, nope. Uh, Chris kind of summed it all up. All right. Well, we'll be back again shortly with another podcast. Like I said, we're going to ramp this up and uh, just keep on checking at dogman.com. We'll update you with everything going on. The message boards are still rocking and rolling. Lots going on. And uh, I'll be on the phone quite a bit. So we'll keep on adding to it. So for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund and Chris Fetters. Go dogs. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.